in the morning when you need the news that matters most. They can kiss my f***ing ass right downtown and print it. You need the front page. All these mother editorials. On the press box. They're really, really behind you around here. My f***ing ass. With Graney and Bischoff. Rip them mother Rip them toxic suckers like the f***ing players. Game two oh. WNBA semifinals. Aces and Mercury is tonight. We, we haven't got any more Lambeer, Tarasi, Trash Talk, no. have we? Okay. I gave, uh, I gave Paul Goodyear as a uh, high five at Rebels practice yesterday for the Tarasi quote, who is Bill Lambeer? That was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> if you missed it, uh, after game one, Bill Lambeer called out Diana Tarasi saying that she's not actually hurt even though Tarasi was in a walking boot after the game. <laughs> she lipped up was, the court. <laughs> like kind of lipping around at some points. Lambeer said she's not hurt. Uh, she'll rip our hearts out if we think she's hurt. Um, and Tarasi, when asked about that, said, who's Bill Lambeer? Uh, that's the trash talk we've gotten after game one. I hope we get more after game two. I think we might need a Mercury win to keep the trash talk going. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like you can't, yeah. like they can't just like get blown out in two and three. There won't be no. any trash talking, but we need like at least a Mercury win to mix it up. Well, start to feel sad if they, they blow them out. <laughs> and Paul said what I said. He goes, you know, you go in there, you just expect, hey, it was a good game. And he goes, boy, Lambeer starts talking. You don't know what the hell that guy's going to say. It's like, he just starts talking. And 10 minutes later, like rip your heart out. She has like a sprained ankle. <laughs> they, they want a playoff game. Yes. They are uh, five wins now from winning Pre- a WWE. Bit of favorites in this series, and she, he's just got a torch. Oh, Diana Taurasi. Yeah, like half the best players in this league are injured or just not playing, <laughs> and yeah, no, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta torch the ones that are. That's right. She's not, she's not really hurt. Don't believe it. That's a great, great question. The Golden Knights play the third preseason game tonight. They are in L.A. I do want to go back to something Pete DeBoer said to us yesterday when he joined us. He said he doesn't know what his line combinations are for the regular season. Why would he lie to us? He knows. Well, he, he knows what they are for the Kraken game, <laughs> right? Yes. I mean, the, the first game against the Kraken, and then right. after that, I don't know if he knows. them. They lose 4-1 to the Kraken. Those might not be the line combinations <laughs> the next game. He knows until somebody's hurt. He knows what he's rolling out in week one. It's going to be the same first line. Patch same second Reddy, line. See, Patch Reddy, Stevens, and Stone. Carlson with Marcia So and Smith. We've seen it in practice Patrick and in Jan a preseason Mark and, game. Uh, Dadnov, 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 whatever the hell you pronounce right. it. Wa, Kolasar, and Carrier. Carrier. That's those are your four lines. If somebody gets hurt, then Peyton Krebs or Brett Howden's got a chance to jump into the lineup. But those are the four lines. He told us yesterday he didn't know what they were yet. Come on, Pete. We know what they are. Everybody knows what they are. They get out healthy. Those are the lines. Is this the best team they'll put on the ice against the Kraken they've had? I think it might be. No tuck, though, but I I think it might be. I think... I mean, you like what they're doing with the fourth line more so than what they've been in the past. Yes. I do think possibly the bubble team was better. Okay. When they had acquired... Because at that point, they had acquired Robin Leonard and Alec Martinez, and they were only paying for, like, a third of their salaries so they weren't pushing them up okay so you're going north to the money even though they're both on the team now yeah because well because flurry was still on the team right and right. even though we've i've yelled a whole lot about your backup goalie doesn't matter i'd still rather have flurry and leonard than brosois right so 
It is. Yeah. It, it's the it's best good team. McCrimmon or yeah, McCrimmon has said it's the best combination. It's the best forward group they've had, and I do agree with that. It's they've got a chance to have the best fourth line they've ever had and the best third line they've ever right. had. If Alex Tuck is healthy, then yeah, I, I think you can make that argument. The, the big concern is a your number two goalie if if Leonard doesn't play or something happens to him. right if he's not good or if he's not healthy and available you got a big question there although Brassois is not awful it's not like they got some bum who's never been a goalie before he's been a fine backup but to me maybe the bigger question is going to be defenseman depth because you're you're bottom you, we know you're top well, four, you know you're top four but now you're talking about like the Hague Coglin white right. clouds like those guys have like well, they've been solid they've been right. fine but you're going to rely a little bit more on them and when somebody gets hurt you're then relying you're... even more on those guys because you know a guy like John Merrill is not here anymore right. and it, be listening in the nine o'clock hour because we might be having a giveaway we are having a giveaway as long as we're still on the air we're giving away tickets next question let's try to get you to tease the Brewers lost one of their best relievers, Devin Williams, because he punched a wall while celebrating the Brewers clinching the NL Why Central. Why does this keep happening? Have you never done this? Yes, I broke my uh, I did a boxer's punch. Um, had a girlfriend a long time ago. Had a brother I didn't like. He didn't like me. And instead of punching him in the face, I punched a wall and I broke my hand. I broke my box. It was like a boxer's fracture. But key difference. You well, I did not. I wasn't a celebrating. <laughs> no, I yeah. was mad. I was mad. Right. Her brother got hit by a car and I celebrated. <laughs> punched. Right. No, no I, it was out of anger, not exactly. out of celebration. I, listen, you're angry and you punch things and you hurt yourself. That's one thing. They won. They they yeah. clinched the NL Central. He was celebrating a postseason birth. Uh, how, how, why did he punch? Why something? are you punching walls? Yeah, I don't know. How do you? Why do you associate violence with happiness? Yeah. <laughs> that I seems, don't get it. And listen, Devin Williams is unbelievable. Yeah. The Brewers have a tremendous bullpen, and it's largely because Devin Williams is awesome and Josh Hader is there as well. Them not having Devin Williams is a massive blow. Like, that's going to be a big blow to how they yeah, get outs in the 7th, 8th, and ninth. Yeah, their pitching. Right. How they get outs in the 7th, 8th, and ninth right. becomes a lot more difficult because before it was Devin Williams and Josh Hader. You get, I mean, hell, you get to the 7th, honestly. Right. Both of those guys can give you two innings more than likely in a postseason game. So you get to the seventh against the Brewers, and they probably have the best one-two combination. But now one of those guys is gone because he he punched a wall while he was Devin happy. not the smartest guy in the clubhouse? I don't know. Apparently not. <laughs> Why was he punching walls? I have no idea. Next question. Shohei Otani will not pitch again this season. He's still going to hit to finish out the year. But he was in line to potentially start the final game of the season against the Seattle Mariners. And this is where it becomes interesting because the Seattle Mariners suddenly cannot lose. And the Mariners have a legitimate shot to make the playoffs. Right now, your AL wildcard standings. The Yankees have the first wildcard spot. They're a game ahead of Boston, who is a half game ahead of Seattle. Boston also one game ahead of Toronto. There are four teams within two games of each other going into the final four games Uh, of the season. Are you telling me we're getting A, B, and C? I hope we get the A, B, and C three-way tiebreaker. It'd be a lot of fun. But Otani not pitching is great news for the Mariners because outside of Otani, who the hell do the Angels have to pitch? And we could have had 
final game of the season. Mariners need a win to get in or a win to stay alive, whatever the scenario would have been, up against Shohei Otani of the Angels. Now it's going to be the Mariners up against some bum or some bullpen game for the Angels on the last day of the season. Man, you know, that's a great question. Can I throw in here just really quick? Yeah. That the team that will win 106, five, six games. Oh, boy. With a run differential. Oh, boy. A plus 250 is going to lose a one day play, one wild card playoff. Can you imagine 250? <laughs> Why are you laughing? That's so funny. It's so <laughs> Why funny. are you laughing? Here's a tweet from Grant Brisby. The Dodgers have gone 40 and 13 <laughs> since they traded for Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. Only six teams have had a 53 game stretch like that over the last decade. The Dodgers have gamed one game on the Giants in that stretch. You know how good the Astros are? Literally, you, you do know. Yeah, the Dodgers are better. The Dodgers are still 51 ahead and run differential. Better. They're better. And I'm very upset with Jared this morning. Four home runs in the eighth last night, and I haven't heard one of those replays. There's not going to be a single one play. <laughs> Four home runs. We don't play highlights from a, wild card teams. I played a Chris Bryant Giants uh, RBI. Sack yeah, yeah, sack, sack fly. fly. The Giants. Oh, my God. <laughs> 40 and 13. <laughs> You're out. Gary Patterson says SMU trying to plant a flag at midfield caused one of his assistant coaches to get injured. Uh, so SMU beat TCU after the game. SMU tried to go plant their flag at midfield. TCU players ran out and coaches ran out to stop them and did, in fact, stop them. Uh, but Patterson says the TCU special assistant Jerry Kill was diagnosed with a concussion after being knocked over twice during the fight, including once by his own players. Multiple video angles from the fight show that Kill had been knocked over by his own players. Uh, the ADs of both schools have come out and said, oh, let's calm down. There's not there's not a big deal here. But Gary Patterson well, is blaming SMU for one of his coaches getting a concussion. I mean, it's it's not good at all, but Jerry Kills in the past had seizure issues when he was at Minnesota. I mean, I've, when I saw this, I'm like, that's not the guy. You don't want to even get in a concussion, but I felt really bad. But it was Jerry Kill who's the one who got knocked over and that happened to because he's had a lot of physical issues. Tony Sanchez, was he involved in the breaking up of the planting of the flag? I have no idea about that. Oh, I just know about TikToks. Man. I don't know anything about just that. Just the TikToks. I, yeah, I don't know anything was about that. Was that the TikTok from Tony Sanchez? No, it was, was not. You, you know what it was, and you know that wasn't it. <laughs> oh, man. I I need we, need we need some inside scoop from Tony Sanchez on breaking up, on stopping the other team from planting the flag at midfield. Okay. He did say, and I'll read the text, he did say about that, love our head coach, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <you> <laughs> Breaking right. news. You win a rivalry game. Does the other team have to let you plant the flag at midfield? Let you? Yep. Or or Oh, I think no. you didn't defend or, well enough. Or after <laughs> or after the game, like in this scenario, SMU runs to try to plant the flag. Are you allowed to start a fight to stop them from planting the oh, flag? That's a good question, especially in football. I don't think start a fight. I'm gonna say no on that. I don't think you should just be able to start a fight. I think you get some serious people. Yeah, there. But no. So what, get, what do you do to stop them? If they're if they're adamant, put four four or five of those kids with the red or yellow security jackets on, of which I really don't know what they do. But you could run them out there with the yellow security jackets on and surround the center of the field. They're not going to get there in time, though. 
Unless you just do it every time you lose. As well, a no, you could, you, I guess you could have them on the sideline during the rivalry game just at the chance you might lose, and then they sprint. Although, I don't know if I want to see a lot of those guys sprinting. Exactly. With the, the yellow problem. jackets. They're not going to get there meant, in time. That's what you meant as They're well. They're not going to get there in time. We were thinking the same time yeah. about sprinting the middle field and like surrounding the middle of the field. Because that's what happened. Same. SMU just started to yeah, they I just started running right out away. there with a the flag, and all of a sudden there's a players and coaches like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You ain't playing the flag on our logo. I like that we just said that because I think we're on the same page with the yellow and red security jacket. Guys. I mean, you brought them up, not me. No, I but you followed with what I think you're yeah, talking about. I think they're useless. <laughs> you see, my thoughts are you have your award-winning dance team <laughs> run out to... to now they'd make it. <laughs> you can't put them in harm's way, Jared. Not over the football <laughs> well, team losing. Okay, except They're going to be in harm's way a lot, by the way. <laughs> also, the, the harm... The, the football team can't take two L's that close to one another. You can't lose a fight and a game in the within the same time frame. Jared, all they've been doing is taking L's for 670 days now. There hasn't been anything different for 670 days but those L's. All right, coming up next. Actually, Ed's ditching us next. Oh, He's got to go get tested or something like that. But coming up next, the Bills. They really want a new stadium, but they don't want to pay for it. Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678. On my way home, um, you know, I was a little frustrated, upset, and um, I punched a wall. So that's, that's how it happened. You're sitting in the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Was that Devin Williams? Mm-hmm. What was he frustrated about? I have no idea. They clinched. It happened after they clinched. And he was mad about it. Did he, like, give up two runs in the game they clinched or something? I don't know. So he wasn't happy. He was mad. Okay. I don't know. It just, that, that was the sound I had pulled up. I mean, it makes more sense that he was mad yeah. before punching the wall. <laughs> it makes way more sense that he was mad before punching something. I punch stuff when I'm happy. Yeah. I just, again, they clinched. So I don't know exactly what he was mad about. Maybe it was own his own personal problem there. So... Ed's gone. He's got to go get tested uh, to cover Raiders practice throughout the week. So we'll As talk to do. him again. We'll call him again in a little bit. See how Ed Graney's doing out of practice. I think I, I think his schedule here is he's got to get tested like before nine o'clock. And then he's got to wait around for practice to start at like 11 o'clock. And then he's got to wait around for the actual press conferences at like one o'clock. It's a very uh, inefficient scheduling for people that I, cover Raiders practice. I feel like he needs a Game Boy. Probably. I mean, you, you know, they have a media room. They can do their jobs and, on their computers. But, but Well, I mean, you can't really. I mean, you're, you're waiting for something to, well, that's true. Say, but someone you to can, say stuff. You know, you can, you can work on stuff. You can make a preemptive guess as to what's going to happen or what you want to write about. Hey, I, uh, I needed this exact quote. Exactly. I've already got the story so written. You, that's how journalism works. You write the story, and then you go ask the questions until they give you the exact quote you need. Uh, but... In the meantime, I want to talk about the NFL team, Buffalo Bills, who want a new stadium. Uh, As we have learned here in Vegas, when there is uh, public money up for grabs for teams that want a new stadium, teams are going to create these economic studies and they might just start making up monies. Uh, Las Vegas, remember, we're supposed to get $100 million every year based on TV announcers saying the words Las Vegas. Uh, That's supposed to help us. Um, The Bills have some studies out because they're, again, trying to get a new stadium in Buffalo. And thanks to uh, fieldofschemes.com for pointing this out. But the Bills, in the same study, 
claim that a new stadium would generate $700 million in economic activity. Basically, the Bills build a new stadium and $700 million will be spent or somehow created around that stadium. But they also claim, and this is a scare tactic to say, hey, give us a stadium or else. They also claim that if the Bills leave, the Buffalo would lose $400 million in economic activity. So I don't know if you know this, but $700 is more than $400 and 400 million. And so the bills are claiming at the same time that they are worth $400 million to Buffalo. But if they give them a new stadium, they will be worth $700 million to Buffalo. So they're basically trying to tell you that if they get a new stadium, they will generate 300 million more dollars than they currently do, which is stupid because they're not going to be playing more NFL games. The Bills aren't suddenly playing two NFL seasons but, in that stadium. They're but, playing the same amount of NFL games. But in Beyonce that might come. We do need to get into some of these meetings, see if they've referenced Beyonce. So it's not, it, there's not going to be more Bills games. There's hell, there's probably not going to be that many more events. Like they might it's get Buffalo. Right. They might get one more event because, ooh, it's a new shiny stadium. But it's not, they have a stadium right now. It's not like it can't hold events at the moment. Any events that are already going to Buffalo, it's not going to suddenly change with people saying, oh my God, the Bills built a new stadium. We've got to put a concert there or put some tournament or whatever the hell it is, whatever event it could be. They're not suddenly going to Buffalo because they have a new stadium, but the Bills want everyone to believe that they're going to generate $300 million more million than they are. They're going to basically double the economic activity that they already create for Buffalo, which is probably a lie as well, if they get a new stadium. Is Buffalo the smallest city that to have a NFL team? Green Bay. Oh, okay, I forget. I always forget Green Bay, where it's basically just a piece of tundra. Why that city has an NFL team? <laughs> no the idea. The packing company decided it was a good marketing gimmick in the late twenties. Somehow, in pretty much all of our other sports, we talk about big markets and how small markets have no chance to compete and win. And you got to get really lucky in the NBA like with the Giannis or something like that. Meanwhile, one of the best franchises in the sport of football is in green Bay, Wisconsin, which not a single person listening now could find on a map. Even if you live there, I don't think you could find it on a map. Oh no, you're too cold. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, now, no, I, I just, I guess I don't understand every single time there's a, we need a new stadium. We need a new stadium. It's like, you're in Buffalo. Your stadium's fine. I mean, the owners want a new one though. Everybody, everybody's stadium is fine. You can make every stadium fine. It's just, they want a new one because they can, they can make more money. That's the key here. They can make more money when they get a new stadium, not the actual city or county around them. Now, more on the Bills because the Bills want this stadium, but they don't want to pay for it. That's well, the key yeah. to being an NFL owner. You don't actually pay for these things. So they want public money from Buffalo or the state of New York, and that's why they're giving you these studies about economic activity and how much they're going to generate for Buffalo to say, hey, give us money and look what we, what you will get in return. But they've also understood that the public is not going to pay for the entire stadium, right? It's not going to be a hundred percent publicly funded stadium that they're going to have to find a way to pay for the other 40%, 50%, 60%, whatever that percentage works out to be. And they want to pay for their funding with personal seat license. And as many people here know, you have to buy a personal seat license to then have the right to buy tickets to Raiders games. 
Uh, it's one of the greatest scams that sports teams have come up with. The Raiders are not the only ones that do this, but it's one of the greatest scams that sports teams have come up with is personal seat license. You don't buy You can't buy season tickets. You can't just walk in and say, hey, your tickets cost $100 a game. I'll pay $100 per game for these season tickets. Nope. You got to pay like five, $10,000 just to then buy the season ticket from the team. Incredible scam. So the Bills want to build a new stadium and they want it to be funded with partial public money and the rest coming from PSLs, which means the Bills want the state of New York or the city of Buffalo and their own fans to pay for their new stadium. Just a quick heads up. Terry Pagula, the owner of the Bills, his net worth is over $5 billion. What? Whoa. Okay. I, I thought people were... Okay, I didn't think he was that rich. Why doesn't he just buy it? Because then he wouldn't have $5 billion, apparently. Yeah, but he said that he's already going to make $300 million on, right? on a new stadium. Because so. why... Well, somebody's going to give you the money because that's that's what we keep doing in American sports. We keep giving them money. If we stopped, if the entire country just said, no, we are not giving any public money to professional sports teams, then they would build it. They'd build their own stadiums. But because they know we will keep doing it. We're Las Vegas is part of the problem. We just gave the Raiders 750. We gave them the most anybody's ever gotten for a stadium. Because they know people will do it, people will give them money, they're going to keep asking for it. Same thing's happening with the A's. The A, Hell, the A's are in Oakland where Oakland said no. Oakland said no you, to Oakland the Raiders. said yes to the A's, though. Yeah, they and, said no to the Raiders, and hell, the A's are still getting money out of them. And the A's also, though, are like, not enough. Yeah, they want more because they know they can probably get it. And if they don't, okay, fine. We'll just take the four hundred million or four ninety-five, whatever it is. That's what's happening here. Now, one story I am confused on is the uh, Chicago Bears. They have a purchase agreement with a site outside of Chicago that would have them move out of Soldier Field. They would build a new stadium, at Arlington Heights site. I'm not familiar with Chicago to actually know where that is, but it's outside of Chicago. Uh, they've got an agreement to purchase land for one hundred ninety-two million dollars. The Bears have a lease at Soldier Stadium through 2033. That's quite a ways out, but they can break it. There's a penalty. They can break it. They got to pay $85 million if they do break it. What I don't know, what I don't understand, though, is the Bears are threatening to move, but I don't know what they want from Soldier Field. Because almost all the time when a team threatens to move, even if it's within the city they're currently in, just to a different location, they want something, right? They want a new stadium at where Soldier Field is, or they want renovations I, I I don't know what that doesn't that doesn't exist. I haven't seen what the Bears want, which makes me think they might just simply want to move. They might just want the hell out of Soldier Field because I don't know. Maybe it's old and I mean, they don't it, make it, enough money off. I don't know, but they haven't like I haven't seen anywhere where the Bears are like we want this to stay at Soldier Field. Give us this much public money or give whatever it is. Give us these tax breaks. I, I haven't seen that, so it's just them saying hey. We want to move, and if they just simply want to move to outside of Chicago, to Arlington Heights, then I, I guess they're going to move to Arlington Heights. All right, so Soldier Field opened in 1924. Yeah, it's old. They did do a renovation. It looks really weird. Every time they show a, like, yeah. blimp shot of Soldier Field, it's like, that doesn't, what happened there? It looks like a spaceship is attached to it. Yeah, that is kind of weird. But, uh... I guess the the Bears didn't start playing there until 1971. 
who the hell played there? I don't know. I'm trying to figure this out live on the air. Like, okay, so it was open for basically 50 years. Chicago State? I don't even... The Chicago Cardinals. Before they moved, you know, I believe to St. Louis and then to Arizona. All right. Coming up next, Darren Millar joins the show. Maroon is not just a color. This is the VGK Update with Darren Milsey Millard. Darren, can you believe that Ed ditched you? Uh, no. No, I cannot. Mm-hmm. Where is said Ed? You thought uh, you guys had some budding friendship, but he just left. Didn't want to talk to you today. Well, there's a time and a point where you have to put your career ahead of friendship. Right. And... And that's that's the decision he's made. I would do the exact same thing if I was uh, in his shoes. What? Not talk to you? Yeah. Yeah. What I mean, happened to him? Where is he? Is he working? Yeah. Well, he has to go to Raiders practice, and even though it doesn't start till like eleven o'clock, he has to uh, do a COVID test once a week. And today is the day that they get tested, and they got to get tested. I don't know earlier than the practice, like two hours before the practice actually starts. So he well, has to leave early he has once to a week. Get the test back, right? Yeah, he has well, to leave. Yeah, he has to leave once a week. Now, I will say, he probably could have left after this interview. He probably could have stuck around to talk to you if he wanted to. He's listening right now, and you know what he's saying? Yeah, I could have. But why would I do that? <laughs> why wouldn't I take my time and and just drive over there and avoid this buffoonery? He just left. Didn't want to talk yeah, to you. I, um, I, you know what? We were at. Uh, DGK practice the other day, and uh, and he just went about his business. There was no interaction. I, I thought there'd be more after uh, all, all of uh, all of our coming together and bonding. All that we've been through together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, you, were you ready? Uh, what do you think of the first two games? Hold on, hold on. Before we get to that, I have an important okay. question for you. Oh. Uh, I think Jared might have betrayed your trust. How so? Uh, My bad. Has, has Pete DeBoer yelled at you yet? No. Okay. Um, My bad. So uh, we had Pete DeBoer on the show yesterday, and we asked him about playing pickup hockey in Henderson. And we had that information because you told Jared. Yeah. Yeah. Did he betray your trust, or was that okay for us to ask Pete DeBoer about it? I would say that would be, be, be me betraying some trust. Yeah. Hey, there we go. We didn't ask anything specific. Yeah. Don't worry. Nobody knew it was yeah. you until yesterday. So I'm just right. saying, I, yeah, you should be mad at Jared. So did, what did Pete say? Oh, he's great. He enjoyed it. Oh, good. He enjoyed oh, the good. question. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to get yelled at about it, but he enjoyed the question. Well, we'll uh, we'll see uh, when we get on the plane to Salt Lake City today, whether or not I'm uh, <laughs> behind the bathroom. If you're on uh, the plane at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I'm doing that. No, no. My ticket says it's... overhead bin. <laughs> Some of those, those overhead bins are, are quite comfortable, and then you can lie down in them. What? Yeah. What kind of planes do they have in Canada? What are you talking why about? Are you, why are you getting in the overhead bins? Well, because you got to have a nap. More on buses that, that you sleep <laughs> in the, you know, the luggage compartment above the, uh, above the seat. Have you slept yeah. in the luggage compartment above a seat on a bus? Uh, I have lied down in one of those, yeah. Was it yeah. a hockey-related trip? Yes. Okay. All right. I think yeah. that might be a little bit more acceptable. Yeah. And in the aisle and, and everything, yeah, yeah. You find anywhere you can find uh, to actually be able to stretch out and uh, and be horizontal. 
horizontal. Uh, instead of vertical, uh, that would be that would be good. Come on, you got you got to be able to adapt and, and change and, and move along. Like, mm-hmm. what's the weirdest place that, uh, that that you've ever slept? I don't know. I can't sleep anywhere besides my bed and a couch. Really? I can't. I like. I can't sleep on a plane. Now I haven't jumped up in the luggage compartment above to stretch out. So maybe I need to try that. <laughs> but like, I can't. Car, plane. I can't. I like can't sleep if I'm not laying down on a couch or a bed. I can't sleep. Seriously? Yeah. I mean, I like. I could sleep like on the floor in a sleeping bag. Maybe I could sleep in the aisle of a bus. I might be able to pull that off. But like, if I can't like lay down, I can't sleep. Yeah, it's 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 hard. Um, if there was a luggage compartment and you were in it, I'm taping it shut. Well, that's expected. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's 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 just being nice. I would if I was on privacy. a plane or bus and there was a door that could close where I was trying to lay, I would probably rip it off before I tried to fall asleep there. <laughs> I, I just think uh, that I owe it to the world. You owe it to the world. What have I? I've, yeah. I've, I've, I torture you, not the world. <laughs> I, uh, so what was Pete's answer to the, uh, to the question about plant pickup? He just, uh, well, Ed just sort of asked him, Hey, can you confirm or deny that you play pickup hockey? And he confirmed it. And then, uh, Ed asked him if he yells at kids and he would not confirm or deny that he yells at kids while playing pickup hockey. Oh, he doesn't. Yeah. No, I'd Come be yelling on. at kids. I listen, I'd be all for yelling at kids. If I'm playing, so Ed asked the question, but, but, uh, Jared gave him the information. Jared was feeding the info. Wow. Yeah. I can't tell you guys anything. You no, you can't. You can't tell Jared anything. Jared's the I'm not a journalist. One. Yeah. Because neither, listen, as we started that interview, neither Ed nor I had any idea about the pickup. That hockey. is not true. I've mentioned it in the. All right. I had no idea because Jared tried to get me to ask it. And I didn't know what he was talking about. Wow. Yeah. Just saying. Throwing Jared under the bus. He can't even sleep in the luggage compartment. He's just under it completely right now. Um, <laughs> Let yeah, me ask. no, he's under the back wheels yeah. right now. So am I. Yeah, well, yeah, you'll be fine. You'll live. Um, here's a question for you, Darren. Is this preseason boring because the Golden Knights are good and the lineup is basically <laughs> set? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so because there's enough uh, question marks up, about uh, not question marks, but anticipation regarding uh, a Nolan Patrick. Uh, how's a Peyton Krebs going to play? Our first real look at uh, Caden Korzak in a BGK sweater. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see what uh, Laurent Bressois has to, has to offer. Uh, Dylan Coughlin, I think uh, can, can make some, some statements and some strides. And uh, if Danny did uh, I, I think that, uh, that that's uh, going to be a real eye opener throughout this, this training camp. So I think that there's a, a few different uh, areas that, can keep our uh, interest. There's, there's not that prototypical battle for, uh, for a second line spot, uh, especially with the way the lines have been drawn up and, and going with the consistent looks with, with the Stone Stevenson, Pacioretty unit, and then the Misfits. Uh, you're, you're lacking that, but, uh, but the other parts of it, uh, I think, are, are really intriguing, and we'll see a little bit more of uh, the jockeying for position within the roster uh, in the coming days. But he's, is even the third lineup for grabs? I mean, it feels like it's going to be Nolan Patrick with the Donov and Janmark, and that's the third line, and it's that today, and it's going to be that when the season opens. Yeah, yeah I agree with that, and uh, that's the, what I'm led to believe uh, regarding how they've, they've positioned it at the start of camp and then through. But I think you'll see Howden get a look uh, in different spots 
Uh, you'll certainly uh, and have seen Peyton Krebs get a look uh, in, in certain positions and what they're going to use uh, on the power play. The power play is, is certainly a focus uh, after after last year's disappointment. Uh, so that uh, that is uh, an area where we could follow along. So there's there's specific areas within uh, a good team that are certainly uh, leaving yourself uh, with something to pay attention to and to watch. And then there's just the idea of, of, of watching this group uh, come together and, and who fills the, uh, fills the space that, that's left behind from some of those uh, big personalities that departed over the summer. And, and I think that will be uh, something that, that's more of an evolution but you can probably get a, a little bit of an idea of, uh, over the first two weeks of this training camp. I fully expect Peyton Krebs to be sent up and down 746 times this year because he's waiver exempt. Do you think yeah. he plays more games in Henderson or in Vegas? I would say Henderson for his first uh, full pro year. And with the way that they're, uh, no, all injuries will dictate that to a large extent, but if everybody's healthy, uh, Tyler, and we look at it from, from that perspective, uh, I would expect that he would play uh, more games uh, in the American Hockey League this year because of the uh, proximity and the ability to get back and forth. Now, if it was uh, across the country, like in, in Chicago, uh, there, there might be a, a little bit uh, more leeway to, to having him in Vegas and being that 13 forward and spotting him in uh, every now and then. But uh, the way that the setup is is so perfect here and uh, and the opportunity to, to shuttle them back and forth within 20 minutes, uh, I, I think that it's in the best interest to, to play as much as he can uh, with Henderson. And that's a bit of a cliche, but uh, in this regard, after what he went through last year and all the bubbles and, and changing teams and and uh, and uh, going all around the, the North America, basically in the, in the different leagues. I think some consistency in Henderson would be a, a great thing, and a consistent voice uh, with Manny Beveros uh, in, in Henderson would be a great thing. Is the dumbest thing we do when talking about hockey is assume a team is going to be healthy? Yes, and <laughs> we're but we're all guilty of it. We because do it. We do it every day. Yeah, you you don't really know uh, who's going to be uh, bit by by any type of injury bug, and and then you don't know how that's going to affect the team. And there's there's the uh, different spots uh, with defense or goal, or it, it just one injury in one place can mean very little. Uh, an injury in another place can change your in higher season. So uh, it's, it's, it's difficult, but you, where, where do you go? And you've got the crystal ball there. Uh, you're the, you're the smartest guy in the room. Uh, you, you tell me because, uh, and, and I'm not making that as a joke to you, but uh, if, if somebody can tell me where the injury is going to take place uh, and in this season with the compacted, it's another compacted schedule after the first couple of weeks, uh, there, there will be some bumps and bruises. And uh, that's the one thing that, that the, the Golden Knights have done a great job of this year is there's been some talk about this being the best forward core with the, uh, with the Golden Knights, uh, the deepest forward core. Uh, and I think you could say that with the blue line as well, with the 
uh, growth of Dylan Coughlin and the return of, of Alec Martinez and uh, Nick Hag. I, I, in watching him, I believe he's just poised for uh, an explosion this season. Uh, they've got so much depth that that maybe an injury uh, to a top line player with the way their their first three lines are situated won't be as impactful. But still, if it's one of the superstars, you're you're dealing with something significant. Darren, do you ever punch out of joy, like punch a wall in 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 bliss, punch a wall mm-hmm. in like happiness? No, I, I give David Shane a shot in the arm every now and then when I see him. It's just our little thing, our greeting, and uh, it's not hard. I don't, wanna, I don't want to be friends with you. My yeah, God, you're just punching people? No, it's just uh, like one of those like friendly jabs in the arm. Hey, buddy, how are you doing, Pally? Uh, one of those, but uh, but that, that I don't Meanwhile, I don't I just do like, a lot of punching. Why does Darren Millard bully me? Yeah, you do bully Dave <laughs> Shane. Poor Dave Shane getting beat David up. David Shane gave uh, Gary Lawless a uh, a good uh, verbal jab yesterday in the uh, in the press conference, and it was uh, it was quiet, it was subtle, it was kind of uh, out of uh, unexpected, and uh, and it got the room's attention. It was it was very solid. Yeah, well, Gary Lawless probably deserves it. He is Darren Millard. Darren, thank you so much for joining us. By the way, who punches walls just uh, for fun? Uh, the, their... Bre- the Brewers reliever Devin Williams is going to miss the postseason because he punched a wall after they clinched the NL Central. Yeah, that's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Darren. <laughs> All right. Glad I can contribute. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, I think we have all the proof we need that the A's are just using us for leverage. Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. Swing and a miss. He strikes out the side to end the ball game, and the Brewers have shut out the Cardinals 4-0 the final tonight. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Be part of the conversation on the Finley Kia text line at 69187. Finley Kia. Come see a Kia on West Sahara. The Oakland A's got eliminated from the postseason yesterday. They lost to the Seattle Mariners. They lost their last 12 games of the year to the Seattle Mariners, which sounds impossible to lose. For any team to lose that many games in a row to any other team in baseball is difficult. Even the worst team in baseball to lose that many times in a row to the best team in baseball is difficult. For two teams in a wild card race, the A's aren't anymore. That's unbelievable that a team that's over 500 could lose 11 straight times to anyone in the sport of baseball, but the A's did it. And if it wasn't for that, if they had played 500 against the Mariners, they're in the playoff race. They might be in they're in a do, playoff spot. Do you think if you sent, like you replayed those 12 games and you sent every batter up there without a bat, they could have eventually won one. By walking every yeah. both teams get no bat or just the A's get just no get bat? The, just the A's get no bat. I mean, they'd win as many as they did. Yeah, well, already. I'm saying that they could have they could have done this and not showed up with the equipment. Yeah, it's incredible they lost that many row to the Mariners. The Mariners, by the way, half a game out of a wild card spot despite a negative run differential. I think they're negative 48 now. Uh, but I think we also have enough proof that the A's are just using Las Vegas's leverage. Uh, Mick Akers tweeted out earlier this week with the MLB playoffs set to begin. Expect A's relocation news to be quiet a bit for the next few weeks. 
MLB wants to keep attention on the games and not off the field happenings per source. Ties into Dave Cavill suggest a top three to four Vegas site list could be out in early November. So Dave Cavill has said they want to release like, hey, these are our top four sites. Like they're an 18 year old getting recruiting to play college football somewhere. Um, a lot of land. Yeah, a lot of land in Henderson. Uh, Henderson but- just treated me like family. <laughs> That, to me, couldn't be more proof that the A's are simply using Las Vegas as leverage. Because if the A's were actually going to move to Vegas, if they were serious about moving to Vegas, why would the A's wait for over a month for Major League Baseball's playoffs to run its course? Why would they wait for other teams to win the championship before they pursued where they're going to play, where they're going to get a new stadium? Why would they do that? The only answer is because they need Major League Baseball to start talking to the media. They need Rob Manfred to start giving quotes to the media about how Oakland needs to step up and give them more money or else they're going to move to Vegas. And Rob Manfred doesn't want to do that when the postseason's going on. So all this tells you is that the A's just want publicity. They just want the publicity of Vegas. They want the threat. They want the idea. They want the headlines that the A's could come to Vegas so that they can get more money out of Oakland. Because again, if they were moving to Vegas... They would not be waiting for other teams to win the World Series to get working on Vegas. We, th- we talked to Dave Cavill in June on this show, and uh-huh. I asked him about the timeline. I was like, okay, if, if this is going to happen, if you're going to move here, he was talking about how quickly they needed to get things going, how they had a few months to get this sorted out, and now they're just going to wait for a month because other teams are playing baseball? That doesn't make any sense if they were actually going to move here, but they don't want to move here. They want to stay in Oakland. They want to stay in Oakland. They want to build their Howard terminal site in Oakland. They just want more money before they build it. And so they're going to keep using Vegas and they're going to, Dave Cobble's going to keep talking to Mick Akers until Mick Akers, as long as he keeps sending out tweets about it, he's going to keep talking to Mick Akers about it because they want the headlines. And once the world series is over, guess what Rob Manfred's doing? He's talking to any media member he can find about, well, The stadium situation in Oakland's not great, but Las Vegas sounds cool because they want Las Vegas to be a threat. They want this city to be used against Oakland. They want the people in Oakland to read the headlines about Las Vegas and say, oh bleep, we better give them more money so they stay here. Does this mean I have to go try to book Manfred? I see, here's the thing. They'll probably reach out to you, Jared. They'll probably that's what Dave Cobble did. Dave Cobble reached out to Ed and they were like, hey. Do you want to talk to the Dave Cobble of the A's? Like, sure, but that's what they want.